Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. out there wanting to guard your girl boss and it's hip-hop purists that we are what we don't listen to Lil Wayne but I just thought the song was suitable for the moment the fireman a little colorful commentary there in the beginning by yours truly Teddy Atlas I gotta listen to, I gotta put that back on again that was that was so well done we're firemen we fight guard your girl boss and this is cold train every Tuesday night well our schedule is kind of up in the air up until February. But right now we're back to Tuesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard. Again, this is Garja Girl Boxing, our weekly uh, weekly podcast. My man Roberto Flack from the Sunnyside State should be joining me shortly. I'm reporting live from the Illadel Chris Winter, well, uh, not Winter Frost, Pumpkin Frost uh, type weather we're having down here. And, you know, gearing up for two weeks as we walk into the Thanksgiving holiday week. Canalo Alvarez versus Miguel Cotto coming up shortly. Can't wait for that. Um, we got a lot to talk about. Um, and I see Roberto just jumped in. On ESPN, they just uh, showed the 30 for 30, it's called Chasing uh, Tyson. Um, documentary uh, first of all if you haven't watched the 30 30 on ESPN you're missing out all those I don't care what it's about they're all well done well done documentaries um, it's because just the way they recapture time um, you kind of put yourself in a time and a place and the great thing about Tyson and Holyfield was you know I remember when I was young and my dad would show me videos of different fights and 
you know, different things that took place in the sport. But it's nothing like seeing your own events. Like, I remember, I remember Holyfield Rain moving up from cruiserweight to heavyweight, and the hype started to build for him. I, re- I lived that. I remember being young, watching these fights, and, 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 and uh, couldn't wait for this fight to, uh, to take place between Tyson and Holyfield. Let me just say this real quick. I'm going to let Roberto jump in and get his opinion on this. Say what you want about Mike Tyson, and this goes for Floyd. This goes for Pacquiao. Tyson was he, he was just different. He, he was such a polarizing figure. Why do you think he's so be- – Tyson can walk in any restaurant, go to any hotel, and I guarantee you he won't have to go in his wallet. People love this guy. Despite all his outside-the-ring activities, he wasn't staged and he wasn't scripted. He was just – Mike Tyson, and if you're over the, if you're 35 and older, I mean, even maybe I'd go 34, but if you're at the at the 35 age and over, you remember having Mike Tyson punch out. Just remember this bigger than life figure. Forget the boxing part. Even if he wasn't a boxing fan, he was just such a polarizing figure. Roberto Flag. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Did did you get a chance to catch the thirty for thirty, the chase of the Tyson? I did. I did. I was. It was funny. I was at the gym and they were just starting it as I was leaving. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to catch it. Like, yeah, it'll be back. But like, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I was watching the the trailer, you know, for it. But uh, I mean, yeah, like you, you kind of hit it on the head, man. Uh, we we come from that era, you know. Uh, right. No doubt. The eighties when when the heavyweight division was still like, you know a division that people kept their eyes on. I mean, and even at that point, man, Mike Tyson was like larger than life, you know? And, and, you know, I think in this era, um, with with social media and all these things, we didn't have that in the eighties. And Mike Tyson was all over the place. And when you talk about, um, household names, he was the epitome of that. You know, uh, and you mentioned the punch out. I, I mean, I remember having people over to see who <laughs> was going to be the first one to beat Tyson, man. I mean, right, I, right, and I still, right. I, yo, and it's crazy. I still remember the code. <laughs> so, yo, I used to remember uh, it. Maybe about three years ago, I just stopped remembering. I used to remember zero, zero, it as well. Zero seven three seven three five nine six three. I until this day. Wow. <laughs> so, so you know what's funny? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I mean, no. I was just going to close it off with just like uh, he just he was. I think even to this day, man, I mean, we've seen Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao's auras in this era, but even it's still, yeah, it's, just... it's, it's not the same because, yeah. I mean, and you can, I mean, and the it's, thing forced. Is, like, it's, even forced. Our, it's force-fed yeah. today. It's force-fed. Yeah. yeah. It's and, and look, my, you know? Mike in the 80s wasn't, like, super loved, like, you know, it, it was kind of like a back-and-forth thing, but, I mean, when you talk about polarizing figures – it, it, there was nobody bigger than him at that point, man. And 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 I like think polar, also, I think the, the the polarizing thing. That's the thing that's different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. I I, I mean, I totally agree. Like, but like before I got on, I mean, you hit a lot of points on the head as far as, um, you know, even talking about when he went to, you know, inevitably go the go fight Holyfield. I mean, I remember the buildup for that fight, man, and it was. Just insane. Right. Right. 
It's just that, you, like you said, you didn't have social media, and it wasn't nah. documented like it is. I just think, like, with, with Floyd, and don't get me wrong, fighter-wise, it's not a comparison, you know, as far as yeah. pure skill. But athletes, like, from yesteryear, they were just bigger than life figures. Like, Floyd made a lot of money. He's successful. But he's been going, and nobody's he's even – He's like he's never even been here. I mean, where uh, his name just kind of we'll get into that in a second. His name mm-hmm. just resurfaced, but not because of like wow. We now granted he you know a lot of sometimes it takes a while, and I'm sure they'll be doing documentaries and special. But Floyd just doesn't have that type of personality where Mike Tyson has. Like he makes you know Mike Tyson makes fun of himself even in the documentary. And, you know he was very gracious and not mm-hmm. saying that Floyd is not because you know he. You know, we all know that's a character that he put on, and he's very gracious and uh, when talking about other fighters and things of that nature. But Tyson just had this aura about him. Like, let me give you an example. This is why he, Mike Tyson is special and different. They asked him, they said, do you think this is the greatest fight of all time? He was like, greatest fight of all time? He's like, well, there's been a lot, a ton of great fights, you know, because he's such a historian of the sport. Oh, you know, yeah, it's things sure. like that, like, he becomes a regular person where in today's world, like you never like these guys, they don't put themselves on regular person, like a, like a regular Joe status and become the people, part of the people become the people. Now it's like, you know, everything is like bragging and, you know, uh, uh, put yourself on a level where the common man can't relate. So outside of boxing, nobody can really relate to you where with Tyson it's like he's a fan just like you a fan of the sport. Yeah. And it's funny, and no disrespect to Holyfield because it's funny, uh, Roberto, I sent sleep a text about this. I said the name of the program is called Chasing Tyson. It's really supposed to be about Holyfield getting his just due. But in actuality, you can't do the documentary without showcasing Tyson. So right. I, Holyfield still kind of got overshadowed in the in the, <laughs> in the documentary about, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it yeah. just, just goes to show you how much of a polarizing, and, you know, I didn't know we didn't have this on the agenda tonight, but I forgot that this was coming on. But if you haven't seen it, people, please check that out. It's going to bring back a lot of memories, man. It's nothing like watching something. That's why the NWA movie was so dope for a lot of us, because – we lived that. Like, that wasn't something that was a story told to us or a story we were learning about. We remember all when when, when Cube first day uh, Gangsta Gangsta, we know those lyrics. Like, oh, I yeah. remember when I first heard this song on my Walkman in the backseat of my parents. You know what I mean? Like, you lived these moments. So, you know, just going off the cuff, you know, if you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. But um, what's good, my dude? Other than that, man, it's chilling, man, chilling, man. I mean, going before, on, right? Yeah, man, yeah, man. But before before we get into the boxing, man, I wanted to really first, because you know we're hip hop heads, and today no we got to celebrate um the birthday of one of the greatest to ever do it. That unfortunately is no longer with us, and that is the legendary Big Pun. So oh, I just wanted wow, to send out a quick Pun's happy birthday. birthday. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. man, oh man, I wish I would have known that, man. We could have uh. I got, I, mean, I got to put some, some pun drops in here. Yeah, man. So, yeah, just, I was just wanted to set that off real quick. I'm glad you did. And, 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 and speaking of pun, um, pun, like, as far as, like, you know, um, lyricists go, um, uh, freestyles, verse killer, 
songs. He could do it all. I mean, he was he was what you call a true MC. And I had mm-hmm. an argument with somebody about Pun and Big L. I said, mm. don't get me wrong. I said, I, I, I like Big L. I think he was lyrical. But the versatility factor is, matter of fact, I was actually talking to Rada Da about this. I said, to me, what defines the MC is like a person like Pun, Big, where Pun could do it all. He had the I don't want to be a player radio song. Well, he still mm-hmm. he still killed it like flow wise, but he also can give you you know the hot ninety seven freestyle that he did. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he he had these he was very versatile, and to me that's was that's what a lot of MCs don't have. They are even one way, you know, yeah. and they don't have that versatility factor. Yeah, I, that that yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and and on top of it too, he. Uh... One of his most uh, legendary records was w- with one of uh, your hometown boys, <laughs> uh, super lyrical with, with uh, the other legendary Black Thought. Right. Yeah, no so, doubt. Yeah, man. So yeah, definitely. Uh, happy birthday, rest in peace to uh, legendary. Hold on, real quick. Punk. Hold on, Roberto. Let me get a little taste, real quick. Get a piece of it. That's just a yeah, little flavor right there. You know what I'm saying? You know, just to remind people in case they forgot, you know, because we live in a, oh, a now society. You know what I mean? You know, that's that's what's out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, you know, RIP and happy uh, birthday to the big homie out there. Now you got me in my pun element now. <laughs> Uh, give me something to do. It's funny. I, I'm down. I'm 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 putting together a, a, a nice playlist, and you know I was downloading some pun material about a week or two ago. So I gotta uh, you know research some more out there. But um, we got some boxing to talk about. A whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you want to start with the, the the news and the updates out there? There's a couple stories floating around out there that uh. Yeah, that I'm uh, sure we can get into. Yeah, well, um, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot going on there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's. Uh, I guess we let let's just start it off with uh, the, the the this this uh, little uh, brewing beef, beef now. Yeah, with yeah Floyd no Mayweather doubt. and Adrian Broner. No doubt. All right, so, so go ahead. No, you so run no, it down to the people. You know what took place. Bring them up to speed and everything. How we got yeah. here. Yeah, so you know, there's been uh, for the la- I want to say for the last several months, there's been kind of like tension, if that, if you will, like going on between Broner, TMT, Floyd, and, and you know, and it's no secret that, um, and and it's been documented by people that have been to the Mayweather gym and. You know, there's people who like Broner, but there's a good amount of people that don't, you know, and, you know, there's people who just uh, don't like the fact that he comes off like, you know, he's trying to play the Floyd character and things like that. So, lo and behold, an interview came about um, with Broner talking about kind of like his his, uh, displeasure towards TMT, but still bigging up Floyd in a way. So Floyd was in an interview 
I want to say well, fight hype. Well, it was fight hype. And he basically <laughs> um, aired out Adrian Broner, you know, and he was bringing up points such as, you know, I guess in such little words, you know, just basically explain like he gave him, he was telling him things he needed to do. And then he was making mention of the fact that, you know, this is, you know, he's basically saying like, you know, this is a guy who I would, I called after his first loss, gave him some tips and he apparently didn't listen and loses to Sean Porter. And then, you know, he makes the mention of that he lost to Sean Porter and is immediately put into a title fight. Right. Kind of, right you know, airing him out and, and making kind of like belittling him. Right. So, yeah, that's how I took it as as well. Yeah, man, yeah. so now the whole talk of, it, you know, the, the, the rumor has been that he, that Floyd is setting up a fight with Broner and one of Floyd's fighters named Ashley Theophane, who's from, who's from the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you think like, okay, is this Floyd being the promoter? And, and, right. and, you know, doing his job, I guess, in a sense. Because, look, I mean, he's technically retired now. So is this Floyd putting on the promoter hat? Right, right, right. Uh, you know, you would maybe think so. But I, I think at the same time, too, there is truth to what Floyd is saying. You know, I don't think there's any denying that Broner has been a guy that has a lot of talent. But, you know, you got to question his work ethic, his how serious he takes the sport and his career and how he acts outside of the ring. As, as far as just things he mentions, like, like they mentioned, he, met, he said the whole thing about Caitlyn Jenner and all this stuff. And, you know, Floyd was kind of like defending. Right, well, yeah, I thought Floyd was kind of like milking it at Being that very point, diplomatic. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he was like, because he, you know, Floyd of all people can't talk about anybody. That, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> here's how I look at it. I, and just to, you know, and I'm just, I'm not, and I'm not just saying this because this is our program. But Roberto's been all over this even before this came about. I know you were one of the first people mm-hmm. saying that. You know, you think that Floyd may fight Broner. You know, come back for his 50th. Um, you, you see a storm brewing, but even before this came about. But um, you know, I, 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 I'll just say this. I think that for quite some time now, the Mayweather camp has been taking some indirect shots at Broner. You know, I think yeah. it's 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 a it's a little bit it's a, like I said it's a double edged sword because I think they both been kind of taking shots at each other. Well, I don't think Broner was until the till you know you got Senior coming out, you know, uh, talking dirty about Broner. You got Mayweather saying, even though he he did come to his side, he did come to his aid, but Floyd would say little subtle things that. Uh, yeah. Need to do. You know what I mean? You know how Floyd does. He, he's very diplomatic with how he do things, you know. Um, and I think Broner kind of got a little, 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 little upset, got a little tight about it. And he himself did kind of what Floyd did, where he went after the fighter instead of Floyd himself. You know, he knew Floyd would feel some type of way about, you know, coming at his company. Also, the guys was talking trash about Broner. So Broner was... And I'm the first one that don't agree with probably 90% of some of the stuff that Broner does. And, you know, I'm not really a big fan of of some of uh, of his fight game and and, and, and just some of his stuff, you know. I don't have any problem with anybody trying to sell him. So I just think that he oversells it sometimes. Like after the fight, the selling is pretty much over at that point. 
So, but that being said, like, they did say some little slick things to Broner, and I just think he used the platform in the state. Because nobody even know who the hell, uh, what's his, Theo Payne? Is that Theo Payne, yeah. Theo Payne, nobody even know who he was. Everybody was like, who, huh? The way I found out about him. Yeah, the way I found out about him was, um, you know, through these YouTube videos when they have footage of the Mayweather gym and, you know, the fighters in there. That's how I found out about him. But, like, other than that, I mean, I haven't seen much of him fighting, you know? Right. So you you got that aspect of it. So I just think Broner kind of reacted. He took it – he did the same thing that Floyd does, but he flipped the script basically. Yeah. But that all that being said, uh, I hope that that we're all wrong here. I I just hope that this isn't a ploy, a yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, a strategy to put Floyd and uh, Broner in the ring together. I mean, that's something that we all can do without, you know all due respect to both fighters. But that's right. <laughs> that's something that I don't need to say, uh, you guys don't need to say, because it wouldn't be an exciting fight. It would be a mismatch and, you know, just a bunch of trash talking leading up to the fight. So, yeah. So you know, well, that's that on that front. Now, it was a, something more Floyd said in that interview about Broner as well. I know that you wanted to get into before we move on to our, you know, to our next um, uh, topic he, that we got to talk about. What, what, uh, what else? What about the white, the white, uh, was it HBO or show? I don't, oh, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, well, well yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's a whole other can of worms. Well, yeah, I mean, basically, uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah. There was, that was, I think today has been one of the, I mean, if you, <laughs> if, you know, anybody listening to the show, I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of you, um, go on these message boards and go on, you know, sites like Boxing Scene and things of that mm-hmm. nature. And, you know, article came out through Fight Hype. I think it was the same interview. But okay. basi- Floyd basically said that there's a, an agenda that boxing is trying to put through to kind of crown a white superstar champion, if you will. You know, and anytime, anytime the race car gets thrown – a can of worms is going to be open because yeah, I mean, no it's just, in any, in anything, it's just, you know, yeah, yeah, man, you know, and, yeah. uh, man, I mean, there, there's so many ways you can go with this because I mean, look, <laughs> that's, it's not, to, that's, it's not to say that, you know, there aren't people within right, the with industry right. that, you know, don't feel that, that actually right. do feel that way, you know, but the only, the only problem I see with Floyd, and and, let, let, and before I get to that, a lot of what he said was in regards to Triple G. I mean, I think that's, that's, what, that's where, it, like, I, yep, everything is I, like a politician. You got to take it with a yeah, grain of salt, right. right? And you and you hit it on the head when you know, yeah. he, you know, Floyd knows how to, you know, he learned through these years how to say certain Better things, thought. right? Yeah. So I think a lot of this, uh, you know, basically, because he made the mention of Ward, you know, because uh, Ward basically he was interviewed talking about, like, you know, I'm being forced to move up, but, like, other people aren't, which, again, I think is a shot. Right, right, right. Well, right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, we could spend a whole hour talking about, like, the whole situation as far as, like, you know, when you talk yeah, about... Yeah, it is a talk. Stuff. Yeah, right, right. But I think when it comes down to it, I think what's happened is that Floyd's been... Re- Floyd's retired, and, look, regardless of 
the, the lack of pay-per-view sales that Triple G generated, you know, against Lemieux, we can't ignore that this guy is one of the most talked-about fighters in boxing. You know, I mean, that, that's undisputable on top of the fact that he's getting featured here and there, here and there. So, look, it's, it's natural that there's going to be some attention geared towards him. And I think that part of it as well is being Floyd, you know, is quote-unquote retired, uh, you know, there's always going to be that next heir apparent. And the first thing that they're going to do is, especially if you're in the realm of the weight class, of course, they're gonna they're gonna talk about oh well, why doesn't Floyd fight Triple G at at middle? Right. And look, mm-hmm. I'll be the first person to tell you, Floyd would be foolish to go up to 160 to do that because he's not a middleweight. You know, right? I have no problems with him never fighting Triple G because it's like there's weight classes for a reason. Right. Right. So right, right. I think a lot of this is a shot and. The problem, though, is when you look at HBO, and, and I think it's too, it's geared towards HBO. Yeah, that, you know, obviously that he's not going to shit on Showtime, you know? Right, right. They ain't nothing to do with Showtime because they don't even have any fighters. So right, right. really had nothing to do with them. But then you, 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 you know where it. this was kind of headed to, right? Yeah. Well, of course, of course. Yeah. So you think about it, man, and, and I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, beyond Triple G, who is, <laughs> who is the most. Right, fighter that HBO <laughs> is pushing right now. Right, Terrence right. Crawford. Right, you know what I right. Mean? So it's it's like you know I was reading through these message boards and it's the thing is is like when because people just when you argue with anything. these pe- when you argue yeah, with a lot of yeah. people, man, it's it's tough, man. Like it's it's, it's an yeah. ongoing battle. It's, man. A, but it's only, a, yeah. It's... Um, my 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 only thing I could really say about it, man, is I think this is just Floyd, um, just ma- making a little stink and, and making. I guess, like, turning it into something that it's probably not, though, like I said before, not that that's not yeah. to say that there aren't people in the industry that do feel that way. But when it, when it pertains to HBO, I mean, we're going to talk about a fight that happened last weekend, and <laughs> I, think, right, I think it's right. pretty safe <laughs> to say that the, the announcers were pretty high on the guy who came out the victor. So, again, it's, right, 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 it's right, tough right. to really, like, like, sit there and say, yeah, Floyd, you're, you're right, man, and, and, like, you know, you know go on a, on a crusade with him. They're, you know, you've you got to look at the big picture, man. And, and I think it just – a lot of this is just um, derived around the fact that they're trying to paint Triple G as his heir apparent, and, you know, they try to tie their names with him and Floyd. And, you know, he's turning it around back and, like, pushing it to the notion of him fighting on Zay Ward, you know. And I think that's all it really is, man. And, and, and at the same time, we're talking about Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> yeah, and let me just, and just to, just to um, jump on real quick, um, and we'll move on. The whole race thing, do racism exist? Yeah. You know, it, it exists of course. everywhere, uh, every place, every walk of life. It, it, it's, it's still there, you know. Um, you know, minorities, I'll just put, just say minorities as a whole deal with race, you know. Um, and, 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 and sometimes, you know, there's a time and place, uh, you know, to speak upon it. Um, and this particular time, it's 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 more of a a ploy, like you said. It's, it's more so you kind of look read looking between reading between the lines type of thing. 
Um, Triple G is getting some notoriety. Um, HBO is the network. So, again, you got to kind of, like, take it with a grain of salt. You know what right. I mean? You know, so I, 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 I try not to look too, too, too deep into that because here's Floyd talking about racism, but yet and still in the same pulse, he's talking about Adrian Broner. So he was all so concerned about racism. Here's a young so-called brother, Adrian Broner, and I mean brother like brother, like, you know, that's supposed to be his black brother. Yeah. But you, you know, using the same post to put him, even if Adrian Broner said what he said, you could have took the higher rule and called him on the phone rather than doing that through the media. So it's like we got to pick our fights with some of this stuff. You know what I mean? Right. So right. that's why I don't pay too much attention to what he's doing because, like you said, Floyd is very calculated. I mean, he's very, you know, he he's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. And he knows how to get people riled up. Uh, he threw Andre Ward a bone at the expense of Triple G, basically. I don't, yeah. I don't think Floyd yeah, really cares that's about a, I Andre I think that's Ward. a perfect way to put it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was at the expense of Triple G. You know, it, we we know it's some ill blood there. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, you know, uh, Floyd Mayweather was the highest pick gross fighter in the history of sports. So, and I'm sure the people in that boardroom, other than Al, Al Heyman, didn't look like you or I. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so you know, um, you know that that stuff goes out. That stuff goes out the window, man. But um, we got other stuff to talk about. Yes. <laughs> uh, I know you had. Uh, it was something else you wanted to talk about. Was it, what, well, what's going there, on? There was, Go ahead. No, I was saying. Well, there's uh, somebody who moved up uh, not one, but two weight classes. <laughs> um, right. There you go. Speaking I know of. Yeah, speaking of, um, well, I, sh- I guess I should say former featherweight champion, Nicholas Walters, mm-hmm. who uh, yeah. big news coming off, uh, well, not coming off, but like, you know, I, I think he got the, the major notoriety at, you know, fighting Nonito Donaire and just demolishing him. And, you know, he had a, he had a fight against uh, Miguel, uh, let me pronounce his name, Mariaga. And... Mm-hmm he didn't make weight and the whole, you know, the whole, uh, the whole thing about it was, you know, a lot of people know this, but I mean, <laughs> Nicholas Walters is a big guy. I mean, he's he five is. seven, mm-hmm. but he, he looks like he could be like a junior welterweight. And, <laughs> and, you know, the, the talk was him moving up to 130, but he's now moving up to 135 and he's going to be featured on a double header. And, um, in New York against Jason Souza, which is actually a double header with uh, a fight that was announced not too long ago, Joshua Clotty and hometown uh, favorite, Gabe Rosado. So, <laughs> you know, so yeah, man, I mean, with the, I'm not, I'm not surprised of the move. I'm really, I, I, I'm, I always was shocked as to how he made 126 pounds, but, you know, with Nicholas Walters, man, I mean, this was a fight. I mean, this is a guy I think we we wanted him to see in the ring with uh, Vasily Lomachenko, or I should say Vasily, as it's pronounced, <laughs> Lomachenko. Right, right. Not Vasily, because um, they kept saying it. You know, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, kind of interesting because 
you know, it, it, it's we've seen this in the past where fighters like Shane Mosley went from uh, lightweight straight to welterweight and was a stronger fighter. So in this scenario, uh, you know, the, the lightweight division isn't riddled with big fights per se, but I think with Nicholas Walters and just like his style, man, um, it, it might get a little interesting next year possibly because, I mean, I don't think he's going to stop at 135. I think this is just kind of like a pit stop before he gets to 140 pounds where it, it, there's some sharks in there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, his fight's, uh, let's see, the, December 19th. So he's going to be on HBO again. And, you know, we just have to kind of see uh, how he performs at lightweight, not having to cut weight like that anymore. And, you know, usually when that happens, a lot of times you see a more energized fighter. And, you know, considering this is a guy that we know has, a, you know, authoritative power, you know, it, you know it's, it's going to be interesting to see it carry up to the higher weights and see how it uh, affects these guys that he gets in the ring with. So I don't know if you had any uh, thoughts of him moving up to lightweight. Yeah, no, I think that one thing I'm always amazed at these big guys that's able to squeeze their body down there. You know, uh, you look at Diego Corrales. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's the guy named Roy? Smoke Gainer. Uh, the one that Jeff Mayweather was just training. Starts with a C. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I, I know you're talking about, you know you're talking like, about. I never really kind of, but you know, I'm just amazed. He's talking now. Walters isn't tall as those guys, but he's a bigger guy. You can see, like you said, he looks like almost like a Walter Wade, yeah, junior yeah. Walter Wade. But you know, you could potentially probably see him eventually moving up there. I, I think it's a good move. I think, you know, it's it's like when you when you when your body can fill out. You know, obviously he probably can move up to probably junior Walter Wade, maybe Walter Wade one day. Who knows? But in order to to kind of get those big big fights, you know, unless you you're going to get a fight with uh, 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 some of the, uh, uh, the the you know some of the names that's down there, but he's probably not going to get uh, you know any big fights uh, north excuse me south of 35, so that's why he's probably like testing the waters, you know, constantly moving it, moving up. Uh, you know, to eventually uh, cap out. You know, you look at Terrence Crawford, who's a welterweight. I mean, excuse me, he's a junior welterweight now. He'll probably be welterweight by this time next year. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys that the idea. I mean, you can Duran, you can go down to history. Chavez, uh, you know, uh, Alexis Aguayo. I mean, the history of the sport. Guys started out in smaller weight classes, and they eventually, you know, your body grow into the bigger weight. You know, um, and, you know, let's be honest, this is where the bigger purses are. You know, I mean, unless it's like a polarizing figure at uh, the lighter weights, like a Pacquiao, you know, a a Nassim Hamed or something like that, you're not going to make a whole lot of money down there. So, you know, force feeding yourself, I mean, um, uh, not force feeding, you know, just figure of speech, you know what I'm saying? Like not feeding yourself to make weight, you know, and there's bigger fish to fry, you know, in these higher weight classes. That's why I think you're going to kind of, you know, I mean, throughout history you've seen it and you're going to continue to see it. And you're seeing it now with Walters, which I think he's in the, headed in the right direction, you know. So the only thing that I'm just, you know, you always wonder when guys move up about power. But I think he'll be fine. I don't think he moved up that far. 
where, you know, you kind of got to worry about his power. Now, in a fight that I wanted to see, but you probably will never see, is I kind of wanted to see, you know, him in Santa Cruz, but now that's probably out of the question now. So, you know, who knows at this point? So, and that's another thing you he's looking at. He's like, if I'm not going to get a fight with some of these guys, then what's the point of hanging around? You know, starving right. yourself to make weight. And, you know, this is, this is where you're comfortable and, you you know, you can grow into, you know, potentially 140 pounds or two years from now. So we'll see what happens. So I guess we should uh, start off or just uh, get right into the recap of uh, this past Saturday, doubleheader. Yeah. Um, we can start off with Loman. You know, we'll start off with the Lomachenko fight because you know it's not much of a fight to talk about. Now, most people, I don't know if you've been reading or seeing things, but he's starting to get the. It's funny how boxing works. Now, granted, he don't have a lot of fights, but I guess because how good he is, and you know, uh, people are just so antsy and, and desperate for great fights to happen. He's starting to get the whole. Santa Cruz rap, like, all right, let's see him fight some guys now. But mm-hmm. to my understanding, they <laughs> they tried to get some fights together. They just didn't materialize. So, right, you know, I don't know, but I do think he's, I do think he's legit. I think he's real. Um, the, you know, he cuts the ring off really, really well. He's like a little version of Triple G for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like a mini Triple G. I mean, maybe a little bit more skillful than Triple G, but. He uh he's definitely dangerous and you know how I feel. There's one guy out there that I still believe let me just say this, just going record just off the cuff. I don't think there's a fighter right now that can be rigged out. I mean, just from my eye test. I mean, I could be proven wrong and I know he hasn't fought in a while, but just skill wise, I just I would still favor rigging out over him until I, I, I until I actually seen it. I mean see it you know, un- unfold. Yeah, I think with, I mean, as far as how he looked, I mean, he he fought a, let me pronounce his name, Romulo Coasicha um, in Mexico. Um, I mean, yeah, man, I I mean, I think that the the thing with Lomachenko, man, is, you know, he's regarded as the greatest amateur ever as far as, you know, just his record and just how good he looks, how skillful he is, but... The fight, yeah, man. I mean, at featherweight, the problem comes down to, like, has been a trend on this show, the Heyman factor. Can't get any of those fights with the likes of Santa Cruz, with the likes of Cuellar, who I forgot was, was with, with uh, Al Heyman as well, and, and uh, Abner Mares and some of these other guys. So it's like, you know, you're not going to see those fights. But, you know, the, the next best thing and probably the toughest of – any of those fights would be rigging down. Now, obviously, he'd have to come up and wait. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that was been, that's been like a, a, a sticking point as far as maybe why the fight hasn't been made yet. But according to Bob Arum, and again, when we talk about Bob Arum, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Uh, he says that rigging down is on board for the fight. But, you know, I, I guess I don't know if it's his current – well, I don't know if about a current promoter or – who promoted him before? They weren't trying to make the fight happen, but uh, I'm kind of fifty-fifty as far as Rigondeaux versus Loma because it's like I kind of view Loma as Lomachenko is like 
he doesn't fight like Rigandau, but it's like not at all. When you, talk, yeah. when you talk about skill level, I mean, these guys are like not very far apart, you know, depending who you have up or down. Like, it's not a disparity to the point where, you know, you're not sitting there thinking like, hmm. I think it's more of like this is like what you said, where it's like we, we need a litmus test in a sense. Now, look, right. Lomachenko did fight Gary Russell Jr., yeah, but did. again, Gary Russell was another guy that we hadn't seen in the ring with really anybody. And, and right. I think He's even for, right. yeah, even for him, Lomachenko was a huge step up. So, but the thing is, since the Russell Jr. fight, like he hasn't really fought upper echelon kind of guys, you know. So I think if they can't, he can't get any fights at featherweight with like the, the champions that are there. I mean, I think they have to try to work out to make the Rigonel fight. Now, I don't think that's a fight that is going to be a pay-per-view fight. I mean, I think that's no, obviously HBO headliner. Um, I'd love to see it. I mean, when you talk about and, – and, and you know what? This is a fight, too. <laughs> um, if you're looking for, you know, a, a, I don't say slugfest, but if you're looking for a back-and-forth type of fight, I mean, this would be the epitome of two of the most skilled guys matching their wits. And – I, I think that's the intrigue in this fight. And, and I think for Rigandau, too, he, I mean, he, he beat Nonito Donaire, I mean, sound. And he hasn't fought really much of anybody yeah. since. So it's like, <laughs> I think at the same time, it's like, all right, well, Rigandau hasn't really seen anybody in a while. And Lomachenko hasn't really seen anybody in general, with the exception of, you know, Salito and Russell Jr. And you can measure... I guess in relation to like what Rigandau has seen, I mean, you can maybe make a little bit of comparisons. I I hope they make this fight, man. I mean, I think for for boxing fans, I mean, this isn't this fight wouldn't be obviously for the casual fans, and like I don't think us boxing fans really care. But I think this is, I mean, in a sense, man, it's a dream fight if you think about it. I mean, these are two of the most is. decorated it amateurs is. in the yeah. history of boxing going at it in, in the pros. I mean. I'd love to see it. Wow. Yeah, I, I think that um, it's one of these situations where it's once again you got to wait, and that's the thing people got to realize. Like, you, if if Pacquiao Mayweather, even if this thing, and you kind of forget like the whole Holy Film Tyson. Now, granted, you know, a lot of it had to do with Tyson going to jail, but still, the fight got. It took a while for that fight to materialize. It just that just happens in boxing sometimes, you know. And I think that Lomachenko uh, needs to continue to kind of build his resume. And Ringendahl just got to fight, you know. I don't think he has to prove anything in anybody. I think he's. I think both guys are legitimately proven. I think if if it's a, a race between who has to prove a little bit more, I, one would probably say Lomachenko because. You know, Rigondeaux, he did beat Nonaire, who's probably better than anybody that Lomachenko for it. So, but I do agree with you. I think that the you almost got like a, another one of these scenarios where you got two great fighters. Who's who's going to be greater on this particular day? Right. And you know, uh, I just believe I just think Rigondeaux is. It's a shame because. It, it, People, it's almost like we're telling a folk tale about Paul Bunyan or something. It's like it's almost <laughs> like it's not real. Like you're you're it's trying like to tell foot. people. Like I listen, uh, my cousin who listens to the show, he 
I t- he was like, who the hell, is- why are you guys always, he just wanted to know why are we always talking about, who is this guy? So I said, just go on YouTube and look up a mashup, because I'm sure there's plenty out there. He he texted me, was like, yo, like with a bunch of like fiery exclamation. Like, he <laughs> oh. was just like, where have, why haven't I seen this guy? And he's like, yo, he's like Floyd Purnell. He's naming all these people. I said, I, I said, yes, he's that nice. Oh, and he can punch a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, people don't even know who the hell he is. It's like, he's like one of the best fighters in boxing. It's funny, yeah. him and Ward basically got their pound-for-pound pound status snatched, because, not because they're not good, because of inactivity. Inactivity, yeah. And and it's crazy because, I mean, you think about uh, both of those guys, man. I mean, again, two of the most skilled fighters in the sport. I mean, they're, it's, they're it's crazy. It's crazy when you think about it. Like, we're not talking about two stiffs. So, yeah, it's, it's like, it's crazy. I don't know, man. I, I, so, but anyway, um, so, but yeah, so that's my take on, um, that's my take on that. So I just think that we got to, uh, you know, we just got to see, we just got to see how it unfolds for both guys. First, Rigondeaux has to fight somebody, and Lomachenko, they just got to, you know, just put him in a ring with a, you know, uh, kind of did it like a, 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 a Marares type of guy. Like kind of what they did with Santa Cruz, you know. Yeah. Um, I have a just feeling that like Lomachenko's going to get the call for, for Lomachenko. You think so? Yeah. I have oh, a feeling. God. I don't know if right away, but right. I think, because, I, I mean, I completely forgot about that. I mean, he's a top-ranked guy, you know. Easy fight to make. <laughs> yeah, they're, and, always, and, they're always the easiest to make, right? Right, and he's a guy that, you know, be, you know, got beaten by Rigondeaux. So, in a sense, they could try to paint it in a way. And mind you, Bob Arum is promoting Lomachenko now. So, so right. they'll paint it in a way where, because I would pick Lomachenko over Donaire, and. They would paint it like, oh, you know, let, let's just say for argument's sake that he beats him. I mean, it's hard to say more convincing. I think the only more convincing way is if he just knocks Donaire out. So as opposed to, like, just totally schooling him like Rigondeaux did. But if they can't make the Rigondeaux fight, and, and, and again, like, I, I think they're trying to in some sense, but Donaire seems like the name that they can attach him to that is – in my opinion, a very winnable fight for Lomachenko that would kind of like just add that other name to his resume just to kind of like keep him going. Because, I mean, again, I think he's going to – when you mentioned Triple G, I think it's kind of funny because like, I think it is kind of the same scenario where he doesn't have a lot of guys to really fight and he's just fighting whoever, you know, whoever they're throwing in front of him. But, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think we just have – I think next year uh, he, he's got to have, in a sense, like – a breakout year it, when we talk about like um, if that Rigondeaux fight gets made and you know they're talking he's been mentioning about going and then Gamboa I don't know if you saw this he that's, said I'll meet you that's at one thirty right that's what it was that I saw Gamboa yeah I knew it was so, something yeah yeah I mean I don't know about that fight either because I mean I don't even know if Gamboa can make one thirty anymore. But wow. that's kind of I'm listening thing. to these names, Gamboa, Donaire. If we go in a time machine to 2012, <laughs> it's like Donaire, no, seriously. They were talking about two, Donaire being like the next 
you know, Pacquiao, Pacquiao kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you know, talking about how he saw a lead right hand like Roy Jones Jr. and all this stuff, <laughs> and Gamboa being his next, you know, super fighter. You know. Wow, it's Crazy. amazing how times fly. Um, so yeah, we'll keep an eye out on that and you know see what happens, what unfolds there. But um, you know, so on to the main event. So before we before we lay the table for the main event, I got something I want you to hear, Roberto, and the people out there. Oh, okay, go for it. Somebody got knocked out. All the text messages <laughs> I got from people. Shout out to my cousin Mark, who's a who's a cop. He, he he's on his beat. He's listening to us now, and he texted me was like, "I love this guy. Like I could just listen to him talk all day, you know." And I put up a post, right? I was like, "If I'm if I'm having some sort of like conference, it's like if I'm a company of a Fortune 500 company. You know, how they bring like Tim Tebow and some of these people." I'm bringing Tim, uh, Teddy Atlas in to come talk to people. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, and, he, and, let, and let's be, let, let's just, you know, be honest. He knew the cameras were on, you know, Teddy ate it up, you know. He, oh, yeah, yeah. He sees this moment, you know. He's not a dumb guy. He knows that if he does that, what he did, and Bradley does what he did, he's going to get more TV time, more uh, 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 visit, you know, like to come just be like a little speaker for a couple minutes. That's what that all alludes to. That sound bite went all over the place. Oh, yeah. Such a great moment, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, just and Bradley saw like the, the end of it, the way the, it is, yeah. you know, what transpired after that. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, you know, Teddy's always, I mean, we could date back, man. I mean, we talked about a few few episodes ago when he was um, when he got in Michael Moore's face, you know, during there when he yep, was fighting they showed uh, George it, Foreman. They showed it and tonight. He, he yep. was like, you know, how are you going to go to bed at night and and, and, <laughs> and and all this stuff? I mean, Teddy's he's just I mean, look, and, and if you date back to Teddy's early years when he was you know with Customato and we and he, when you know he was a part of the early years of Mike Tyson. He was a part of the and, Tyson and, camp. And, and you, and you, you know, you read about yeah. yeah, man, you read about like their whole ordeal, man. I mean, Teddy, yo, Teddy, Teddy is a G, man. <laughs> and well, he, and I, he's a, go ahead, yeah. No, I was saying, I mean, he he's a guy that really like no filter. You know, I mean, the, he's just a straight shooter, tells it like it is. Even you know. In some cases, where you know some people do, you know agree and disagree with him, but I mean he always keeps it a hundred with you. You know, like he's never trying to give you like you know half answers or anything like that. I mean he's just he's a straight shooter, and I think you know for Bradley in this fight, I think a lot of our questions were you know the whole situation with Joel Diaz and Tim Bradley. They're they're, they're split. In comes in a new trainer, and you know, it can go either way. I mean, it could 
it could be it could flourish or it could crash. And I think in this scenario, I I want to say that it was beneficial for Bradley. He looked good to me. He was moving on his feet really well, throwing combinations, not getting into the line of fire as much, I should say, even though there were still points where he was trying to just kind of like get in the phone booth with, uh, with Rios. But I think he um, – and this is nothing like to, to Joel Diaz because, I mean, I respect him as a trainer too. But there's something about Teddy, and maybe it, maybe it, it, it doesn't work for everybody as, it, it's, as it's shown. You know, a lot of fighters um, have, have benefited and some have not working with Teddy Atlas. But I think with, with, with Tim Bradley, I mean, he's, he, you know, and according to, to Teddy Atlas himself, he basically says that he did great in camp. He listened. There were no problems. And, you know, we were listening about, you know, stories about, you know, why Joel Diaz and him split up as far as, you know, Tim Bradley's wife getting in the way and, you know, things of that nature. But that didn't seem to be a problem in this fight. But what I will say, we have to keep in mind that that Brandon Rios that showed up that night was, I mean, quite honestly, he shouldn't have been in the ring that night. Um, Very sluggish. uh, Looked like he really didn't prepare for this fight. And, you know, there was talks about, you know, people in his camp and, you know, just not very happy with him uh, as far as just how serious he takes the sport. You know what I mean? And, you know, and you got to think at the same time, I mean, it's a bad reflection for Robert Garcia. And, and I think for Robert Garcia, like, I think he, he's, kind of, he's kind of a guy that, like, he's, he just wants to help Brandon, you know, and, and, and while he knows that he's a limited guy that isn't a, a very disciplined fighter, you know what I mean? So it, it, it's like I, Bradley looked, he looked really good to me. Because uh, I watched the fight again, and, and just I, not so much on Bradley, just watching Rios. Right, and there right, were parts right. where he was, he was like, you know, putting it on or, or, or trying to be more assertive. But I think we started to see a fighter who didn't train and really at, in that fight was only like a four-round fighter. And, you know, and, and you know, obviously, with the, I think the big shocker came when you know Bradley scored a knockout, which I, he hasn't scored a knockout since he never top does. My yard, right? It exactly. Was, it was the old over-the-top fighter. Yeah, like it was funny because I had text you um, right before then. I said, you know, Rios, if he's not going to take his craft series, he should just retire. Retire. And there was a we never really got a chance to touch upon this last week because we had so much to get into. But Marcos Madonna. Also, a oh yeah, Garcia that's right. Fighter. We got to talk about that. Yeah, you know he's. It's rumors about him retiring now. If anybody's yep. seen the pictures out there, he's ballooned up to like two hundred and something pounds. Two, yeah, yeah. And you know these guys, they come from nothing. You know, um, they were like piss poor, and you know they, especially Madonna case, he made millions of dollars for them. He made more money than most guys are gonna make in their career off two fights. So I can see the motivation behind him. And let's be honest, like he's always going to be kind of that guy that's going to be the guy that is supposed to make the other guy look good. Mm-hmm. You know, even with his good showings against Mayweather, like they would put Madonna in the ring. Let's just say, for just as sake of, 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 of an example, against a guy like Terrence Crawford, just to 
you know, the, and now Madonna could give him trouble, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, well, yeah, Rios, yeah. Is, Rios, on the other hand, was a guy they wanted to be a star, but he didn't have what it takes, like, you know, uh, where where some guys that came before him, you know, wanted to put the work in. And even though they made – because there's been guys that got hit before, but, you know, they cut the ring off and they were conditioned. They trained. Like, i never forget – I forget. What was Margarito's trainer name to do? Tapatio. i never forget something he said. He said, we train like we're training for 100 rounds, you know, meaning that we know that we're going to have to, like, take some punishment in these fights, you know, because we know we're not that skilled and we're limited in what we, what we can do. But that requires a lot of training, a lot of hard work, where Brandon Rios, like the whole joke about him eating burritos and, you know, him making fun of himself with that stuff, like, you know, you're, you're, you're messing with your life here. You know, a guy, yeah. you know, throwing body punches, because that's, that's what the, the game plan, which was smart, they attacked his body because they knew he was weak in the midsection because yeah. he, you know, he basically was, you know, uh, on dietary, you know, just taking the diet pills and stuff and probably mm-hmm. making himself go to sleep and killing himself. He he was weight draining at the weigh-in. And, that's no. not, and the older you get, that stuff takes a toll on you. Big and time. will he retire? I don't know. These guys always say it. And then the opportunity yeah. comes and then they, you know, because something's going to come along as, Maybe him and Madonna might fight each other. You know, it might be a you – know, who the hell knows? Like, it's going to be one of these scenarios where something comes along, they're going to pay him, and they're going to do it. And then again, he may walk off into the sunset. I don't know. But Bradley and Brad and uh, Atlas, you know, just to be fair, you know, I was one of these people. I was a little apprehensive. You know, you and I talked about the emotion. Like, that stunt that – you know, that little thing that uh, Teddy Atlas did with the fireman thing – I thought that may have kind of backfired on him, like, oh, he's going to get Bradley knocked out, you know. And it actually worked. Now, will it work yeah. again? I don't know. But there was something that Bradley said. I don't know if you caught this in the pre-fight interviews. He said, I learned – he said, this man made me realize I didn't know anything about boxing. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, it made me think about things like, you know, the Nacho Berra scenes, the Ronnie Shields of the world – don't you you got trainers and you have teachers, right? Yep. If you go back and I was watching an old fight, right? I was like, oh, they go they go natural embarrassing because you forget how long these some of these guys have been around, you know? Like and it's like teachers, these guys they teach you fundamental things, it's just the little subtle things that teachers teach you. And a lot of these guys are just trainers, where they're just going through the motion and training these guys. And it made me think about, and there's no disrespect to Broner's team and his the people he got around him, but you do wonder sometimes, like, if these guys had actual teachers teaching them little things, like, don't yeah. roll your shoulder here, don't faint the left hand there, you know, just little things. It's important. And I think people underrate the importance of having a good trainer, how, how important it is. And this is no knock to Joel Diaz, but like in any sport, even it happens in all sports. When that when that when the athletes start tuning the coach out, it's time to move on to something else. And I, I think yeah. that's kind of what happened there. Like it just wasn't a good fit anymore. Um, I don't know, you know, what was being said. I got to go back and look at those fights. You know, uh, what was being said to uh, Bradley when he went toe to toe with some of those guys. You know, Provotnikov and uh, a couple other guys before. 
So I don't really know. So I don't want to just throw dirt on him because, you know, they had a successful career. I mean, shit, Bradley only got one loss, so it's not like – I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I even it, it seems like more because that he was in some wars, so it seemed like he got more losses. But, you know, but he did what he was supposed to do, and that's dominate a less inferior opponent and one that was weight-drained and probably should be retired soon. And he, and he did what he was supposed to do. Now, the next question I have for you is, now what goes on? Now, there's a lot of scenarios out there for Bradley, which is good for him. He got, he has a few options out there, right? Now, I know that the whole Pacquiao thing um, is always something like that's like an ace card that can be played. And the way it can be played is you sell, you got Teddy Atlas to help you sell the fight, you know, we got Teddy this time, it'll be different. And plus, Teddy will sell uh, the pay-per-view aspect. You also got, uh, what was I the thing? Now, I don't like this, but what the hell? The Kanawa Alvarez? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh, you talking well, about I mean, really a junior welterweight fighting that welterweight. Now, we're moving up the junior middleweight? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, I when I heard that, I was... I was like, "Are you serious, man?" Like, and and I think I think part of it too is what I find kind of funny, and I guess this is a, a, somewhat of a segue to our next topic, to you know, to close the show off. But um, I think this is—I don't know if this is HBO or Golden Boy—kind of positioning themselves away from the winner of next week's fight, away from Triple G, and. You know, you, and with Canelo Alvarez, I mean, I mean, and this is a no knock to him, but he's used to fighting welterweights, <laughs> as we've seen uh, in the past years. But personally, I think that would be a big mistake for Tim Bradley because Tim Bradley, granted, makes 146, but he's not the biggest welterweight. When when you think, I mean, w- muscles and things like that, like. It's not like like you've heard the term. It's not a bodybuilding contest. And Bradley, though he got the knockout with Rios, again you got to you got to take into account Rios was just not in shape. Bradley's not a big puncher. You know, um, he's not a big puncher at 147. He won't be anywhere near that puncher at 154, 155. Uh, I don't like that fight for for Tim Bradley. Now Oscar did come out. In, in an interview after the fight saying that, because he was at that fight, and apparently Saddam Ali is the mandatory for the WBO title. And I think they're going to attempt to make that fight next, is what I hear. Um, and then I sent you, I sent you guys the, the, the link about Bradley himself coming out and saying... Um, as far as, you know, when they were asking him about, you know, maybe having a trilogy with Pacquiao, he flat out said, give Crawford the shot. So you start to think, like, all right, well, Bradley, I guess, in a sense, has some options in a way. I mean, he, I, I, he's technically somewhat still in the sweepstakes for Pacquiao as far as, you know, when you talk about a Crawford, a Khan, and now him. Um I don't know how the public's going to really buy into that fight per se. Um, you know, 
I, I, I don't know, and I don't know if Bradley wants to go down. I mean, may, uh, maybe he does, but, I mean, for him to come out and say that, I mean, I don't know if, like, his interest is fully there. So, I don't know, man. I mean, I like – I mean, for Saddam Ali, who I think has kind of been taking a back seat in the world, he, he's kind of like the, the, the dark horse in the division, man. I mean, he's somebody, like, we don't talk about at welterweight. And granted, like, he's still kind of, like, on the come up, but – um, I mean, I've, we, I've, we've seen him fight. I mean, he's really good. Uh, he just hasn't had that opportunity. I mean, that would be a hell of an opportunity to fight Tim Bradley, especially coming off the performance that he did. So, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I don't like the Canelo fight at all, at all. I, I think that is a pointless fight for Tim Bradley. He's not a junior middleweight. They wouldn't even likely fight at 154, or the fight wouldn't even be made there because, I mean, let's not, let's not, you know, beat around the bush. Canelo hasn't made 154 in like two years or even tried to make 154 as seen in the Angulo fight when he couldn't drop that last pound. So, you know, when, we, when you mentioned earlier in the show about, you know, fighters just growing out of the division, I mean, I think Canelo's kind of a guy that's hanging on to the cliff of, of, of junior middleweight. Uh, Bradley should stay at welterweight. The only problem, again, is there's not a lot of big-name welterweight fights. When you talk about the Keith Thurmans, the Amir Khans, which is a fight we maybe or should have gotten years ago when we talk about Bradley and Khan. Um, you know, you think of like fights like that. Kel Brook, I mean, that, that's an interesting fight. Uh, he, he has better fights at welterweight. Um, that I think he could still make money. I think he would just be – he's just too small for Canelo. Um, he, he's, a, he's a welterweight, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. The fight I would love to see him in is without Amir Khan, but we all know that yeah. can't happen. Or likely Or like him and uh, Sean Porter. How how brutal yeah. would that be? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's so many different different. Or Keith Thurman, like you said, there's so many good fights that you can match Bradley up with. It's or Broner. <laughs> how about Broner? How about that? Yeah. How about that? So, I don't know, man. Um. I, I did something about this Pacquiao fight, Timothy Brad. I mean, Tim, uh, Teddy Atlas with his one-liners. I, I just him and Freddie Roach going at it. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I mean, let me say I, that. Me I wouldn't either. be shocked yeah. if they made. I don't it. think they they don't know what. I just think that both fights are dangerous for Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. Where a fight you already won, and a guy that you probably can beat again, versus a guy like say what you want about Khan. If you don't hurt him, he can make you look bad. Yeah. And Pacquiao, let's be honest, he doesn't really have that killer instinct that he, you know, he hasn't had a knockout in how long? You know, he he keeps fighters alive now. And the Crawford fight I always thought was dangerous for Pacquiao. You know, that's a, I just, mm-hmm. just thought that was a bad fight for him. I never, I'm never kind of fully bored into that fight because I'm like, why? It's not like he needs Crawford. Like, why would they put him in a ring with him unless they know unless it's completely they know for a fact it's over. You know what I mean? Like that fight never made sense in my head. I was just like, all right, if it happens, cool, but she's just like I just don't know. Crawford just to me know. is like the worst out of those. That's three, the worst, right? Out of the that's evil. The t- that's his toughest. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 yeah, that's going to the depths <laughs> of um you know, where he don't wanna be, but 
you know, it's, I mean, I guess we'll find out soon. Like, I, I you know, I, I think, like, again, we're not going to really find anything out until, like, next month after, you know, the smoke Yeah, we were, like, you'd like, like, when we were ready to get into our corner, our, you know, our version of, you know, breaking it down and, and in the next segment of Kanawo and Kodo. But I just think that you, you can't really move on until that, especially when you're talking about one guy potentially fighting that guy. So, right. And we mean you talked about that. Like, nothing's going to get done until after this fight. Yeah. Like, even a Porter, crazy as this sound, even a Porter and Thurman fight won't be signed until after this fight. <laughs> no, you, because I, it's, I, it's, I totally you know what I'm saying. It's such, a, yeah, yeah. it's such a domino effect that it kind of affects everybody, you know? So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, we got a fight coming up in two. Can you believe it's two weeks? Not that Saturday, but weeks. next Saturday. <laughs> Craziness, man. Craziness. But ah. yeah, I mean, um, look, man. I mean, this is this is to me like the fight we've been waiting for, man. I mean, there, and I think because there's so many question marks with right. both guys. And right. you know, we're talking about obviously Miguel Cotto versus Canelo Alvarez for drum roll please <laughs> the WBC and right. Ring Magazine Lineal Middleweight Championship of the World at 155 pound catchweight which again people are not super thrilled about but we're getting the fight and I think more so than the title I mean I think this the, the, the style matchup is something that I don't think um, or let me rephrase I mean it, it'll be very tough for this fight not to have the excitement that I believe we're going to see, you know, transpire when the bell rings. Um, wow, man. Uh, the 24-7 aired last, uh, last Saturday. I got, to, I got to watch it after the fight. And right. you, I think you mentioned it too. Um, you know, we forget that the 24-7 was really created by Floyd. You know, I mean, he originally executive yeah. produced he the did. show. He, he started he it. And a lot of it, was made in in the notion of you know when he fought Oscar and if you remember that those episodes man I mean it was just comedy controversy <laughs> everything all in between right, and, right, and, and right. look I mean I don't know if that was um, solely responsible for the fight doing so well you know at the box office and on pay per view but I mean you got to think like it did help a bit. You know, we, you know, with all the drama that was ensuing. But, you know, with this fight, man, um, it, it doesn't need the theatrics, you know. It, no, the, I don't even think both, it needed a 24-7, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew they were going to do it. I mean, cause Yeah, you got to do it for the casuals, no doubt, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, both guys are, so, you know, soft-spoken guys, and, you know, they, mm-hmm. they take care of business in the ring. But um, this is as um, – I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to make a prediction, you know, I'm not going to just basically go through the intangibles as far as, like, what I think is going to happen in the fight so much. I mean, I guess we'll wait for next week, but um, I think for this fight, man, it, for, for Canelo Alvarez, you know, this is his second shot against a high-level veteran uh, in Cotto, and you know, Cotto, since being, you know, speaking of, you know, another fighter who went through different trainers from his uncle, who he ended up, you know, having major issues with. 
uh, then moved, you know, with Emmanuel Stewart, short-lived, then over to Pedro Diaz, somewhat short-lived. But it's tough to argue that, and again, we do got to uh, make a bit of a concession as far as, you know, the level of opposition that Cotto has faced since being with Freddie. Um, the one thing I can say about Cotto is I haven't seen him this motivated and, uh, and, and eager to fight since being with Freddie. Like, there just seems – it seems like Freddie – I don't know if it's Freddie – or like how Freddie said, like Cotto just kind of like rededicated himself. Like something, a switch got turned back on. That again, regardless of what you say about like the opposition, Cotto's just doing things that he kind of got away from for a good part of like his career. Like I want to say maybe post the Margarito fight, the first one. Yeah, I think uh, that's kind of lit a light bulb off in his head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's something. I mean, and I think when we talk about weight cutting, and Freddie's been making mention of this since I, I want to say, like, going into the Martinez fight. Like, uh, you know, Cotto's not like – Cotto used to be a guy that was uh, making – mind you, making 140 – and, like, ballooning up to, like, 160, 165, like, 163, 164, the night of the fight. And that plays a part in your fatigue as the fight wears on. He moves up to 147, kind of the same thing. You know, uh, made weight fine, but was cutting weight from, like, 165, 166 down to 147. So... Now that he's at this weight, and granted, he's not a legit middleweight. So I still think he's a junior middleweight at best. But mm-hmm. you're starting to see that, and, and I noticed this in the Martinez fight, and I, and I looked at the, at, at the compu box as far as how many punches Cotto was throwing. Cotto's a, he's looking a lot more active in the later rounds than he was in previous fights. Now, mind you, the Martinez fight wasn't something that, like, he was um, really trying to evade from him and, and things like that, but he's throwing a lot more punches as the fight progresses than he normally does. And I think part of that is that he's not getting winded as quick or really from what we've seen at all as of yet. He looks energized. Um, he's doing a lot in the ring that he should have been doing years ago, but. You know, I think this fight is going to be the true, true test as far as the relationship between Cotto and Freddie and if Freddie really um, brought Cotto back to, like, let's say prominence because, I mean, he's, you know, you know Cotto's a short, he's a short shot Hall of Famer regardless of this fight. But, you know, when you talk about um, Cotto's overall, uh, as far as how serious he's taking the sport again, they could play a part in the fight. I mean, it's it's one of the again one of the question marks going into the fight as far as Cotto's side now. Obviously, with Canelo, you know, like I mentioned, this is a second shot. You know, and, and I think you know when you think about it, you know, I'll ask you this: Who do you believe has the more pressure or has the most pressure going into this fight? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, <sighs> It's, it's, it's to me, you you know, we talked about this before. Cotto really 
strange as this and I tell it to people all the time, he's playing with the house's money. Mm-hmm. You know, his career is already etched in stone. Like nobody's gonna judge he is the, the outlet excuse of when people look at this fight, they're going to be like, well, you know, he was older, you know, he's been through some wars. Right. And, you know, um, you know, we're going to give him a mulligan. You know, he's he's a Hall of Fame fighter, and, you know, we appreciate his, his you know, his prom days. And where Canelo, if he loses, the name he's going to get associated with is somebody like Fernando Vargas. Well, you know, here's a guy, young, up-and-coming Mexican fighter, uh, kind of had the world in the palm of his hand, you know, um, had some big names that was put in front of him, but every time he got put in a ring with one of these big names, he's lost. Yeah. So this is this is his second, you know, because let's be honest, we talked about this, and it's not us just picking on Canalo, it's just calling stating out the facts. When he was put in the ring with a so-called big fight, he didn't really come up big. He came up small. Mm-hmm. Now, the Austin trial fight, I'll give him some of the pass. And I had an issue with the open scoring. Um, yeah. I, I just didn't like the fact that they yelled out eight. Uh, I don't know what the score was, but he was up by like four points. So I don't care who you are. That's mentally dist- that, that that can mentally uh, drain a guy, you know. So yeah. Trout kind of quit after. You remember how he kind of like? No, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, after that point, now to his credit, he dropped Trout, but he looked very mediocre in that fight, and that's when I started kind of having my questions, like, hmm. So that's that. So then it was the the uh, the Laura fight, the Laura fight where Laura basically was throwing two-punch combinations at him, and he couldn't figure out how to unlock the cold. Yeah. So after that, Mayweather will give him a complete mulligan. We'll give him a pass. You know, nobody – I didn't never expect him to do anything with Mayweather. You know, I thought they sold it well, and that was that. So, but I don't know, man. I just – I just think that it, it just I just think all the pressure is on 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 and that's why I think you're going to have a relaxed Cotto come fight night and where Canalo's going to be he he fights tight in these kind of situations he fights very robotic and very tight now Cotto's robotic but he he is better timing with his punches mm-hmm. but you know Canalo does have a burst to him that Cotto does find himself to get in trouble here and there. But, like you said, his footwork, he, he's a little bit more pep in his step now. And if he gets into – I think this is one of them fights, call me call me crazy, but you're going to be able to tell a whole lot by the first round. Yeah. I yeah, think you'll be able to tell a whole – because Canales is not the type of guy that's making any adjustments getting better. So, I think you – the pace is – he's not Margarito. See, I think people – when they look at Canalo, like I was reading an article and a guy was so off base. He was saying like how Cotto, if you pressure him and throw a lot of punches, well, Canelo, A, doesn't pressure well. B, he doesn't throw a lot of punches. He's almost like a poor man's Cotto where he's he, he relies on timing as well, but his timing is not as crisp as good as and it's not Cotto, as kindly right? as Cotto. You know what I'm saying? So... I mean, I'm 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 just so looking looking forward to the fight. Now, one thing Cotto do got to be careful of is, you know, getting caught in exchanges. You know, yeah. you know, I just think he has to his footwork got to he got to throw punches and kind of move out the way. You know, um, 
the clinching aspect of the fight. Who's going to be the stronger guy? Like if you and Cotto kind of add that to his wrinkle. Canelo doesn't really know how to clinch. No, he you know doesn't. this is this is stuff that you know. You, I, that's 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 another element you got to sew in, you know. So it's gonna be interesting, man. I I, I cannot wait for this fight. I'm telling I, you, man. I mean, here's, I cannot here's wait. Some, Seriously, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I mean, I got I, I really yeah. got a fight party set, so it's. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got yo, you having a party? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, actually. Gotta, like, you know what? I'm actually heading out of town that morning, so I have to. I'm going to this place, first of all, just to kind of give you a heads up. It's a predominantly uh, Mexican crowd. It's a, um, it's in a Mexican uh, area where I'm going to watch the fight at. So um, I'll probably <laughs> oh, be the only. <laughs> so it, it all, I mean, it's, it's a pretty cool crowd, but they're, they're big. They're big uh, Alvarez fans, obviously, where I'll be heading. So that should be interesting. But go ahead. What you saying, Roberto? Uh, well, I was going to say, you know, one of the things about this fight, man, that I don't think – is really being uh, paid attention to. I mean, what's talked about a lot is, you know, Cotto's, you know, going to get hurt by Canelo, who's a bigger puncher and things like that. But I would argue that this is going to be the most definitive puncher that Canelo's ever faced in his career. And, you know, you think about, like, guys like Angulo and Kirkland who were, like, prior – seen as big punchers and things, but I mean, when you look at, I mean, I, I think you saw the, the, the interview with this guy, um, Virgil Hunter, where he was telling the story about like how Angulo pretty much passed out in the bathroom, to, you know, before the weigh-in because it's like, he was just dying making like 155, 154. Right. And right. then, and then, you know, the whole Kirkland, I mean, the guy was coming down from like you know, 190, 200 pounds to make 150 pounds and he just looked Terrible, but the thing I saw in that fight, man, that I saw it in the Lara fight, I saw it in the Floyd fight, and I saw part of it in the trial fight is Canelo can be pushed back to the ropes rather easily. And what he does is he kind of takes these breaks. And, and he, he, he'll throw, he'll throw, and then he just kind of teeters off. And he, he gets in this, like, little peekaboo mode where he just gets put on the corner. I think that is a big mistake in this fight. Uh, against Cotto, but I think we're going to – we've seen Canelo get hit, but again, like, I think the biggest weapon, and I said this, uh, you know, to a lot of different people, some agree, some don't, I think Cotto's left hook is the biggest weapon in this fight. I just think right. it is. So – No, I agree. I, I, I think there, there's, there's going to be – I mean, what I will say, though, I mean, I think more so than – I guess people believing that this will be like a, a back and forth brawl type of thing. I don't think it's going to be that type of fight. I think it's going to be uh, high pace. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. A, a high pace boxing match that yeah. you're going to see. <laughs> Very well you know, yeah, it, I think you're going to see potentially in the first second round, man. And, and that, I, I, I think the, the the reason for that is as far as how it's going to be determined as far as the first or second round is, you know. These guys are, are you know, they, 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 they sit there and they figure out their opponents, but, I mean, they have, both of them have bad intentions. You know, mm-hmm. with Cotto being, I think, the better boxer, um, you know, Canelo, he's still a guy that, you know, he, he, you know he, he's not sitting there hitting you with shots just to pepper you. I mean, he's trying to take you out. And I, I think it's going to be, in a sense, like a war of wills, or it could end up being, um, 
you know, down the stretch, if it becomes a situation where, you know, one guy, you know, feels the other's power. And that's like another thing. I mean, we're going to see if Canelo respects Cotto because he's going to get hit. I mean, I don't, I think both guys are going to get hit. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think it's really going to be a situation where, you know, we're going to see who's going to respect the other. Cause I think at some point, maybe not in the beginning, but at some point in that fight, one of those guys is going to respect their power too much. And that might be, you know, detrimental as the fight plays on. But, again, this is why I love this fight, man. Just a lot of question marks, man. And in recent years in boxing, man, when we talk about big fights, I can't remember a fight that was this close. Like, as far as where, even though, like, you and I, we we have it in our heads who we think is going to win, I you know, it's still a situation where you kind of still don't know. You know, it, anything can happen in this fight, just like in any fight. But I think this is kind of like the quintessential, like, either guy can win this fight. You know, it's, it's, it's a 50-50 fight, man. And No, um, it is, because a lot of different scenarios can play out. Like you said, um, you know, you got the Canalo burst factor that, I, you know, I like to talk about. You know, some guys have that burst where they can just throw rip punches off yeah. At a at a high velocity, and a guy like Cotto, where he gets into these habits, where sometimes he goes backwards, and that's normally yeah. a dangerous thing. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking? He's just a sharp man yep. up, and you know if he starts bleeding, you know that could be dangerous. But if he if he's coming forward, you could back Canelo up. You know that's the funny thing about it. That's uh, the thing. Yes, he's seen Floyd back him up. You know, so right. That's what that's yeah. what I'm saying. And I was so surprised so, when I was do- when I was watching. Right. I'm like, yo, yeah. he's backing him up with a jab. Yeah, you can back him up, and I just think that Cotto, by far, is the better boxer. I don't even think it's remotely close. I think the yeah. thing people are worried about is if he backs Cotto up. But he to, to do that, you see, I just think that sometimes, like, people just automatic, automatically associate fighters with other fighters, you know, based on ethnicity, just because he's a Mexican fighter doesn't mean he fights like Margarito or Chavez. You know what I mean? Like, right, people right. just lump, they just throw stuff together. He doesn't fight like that. Like, he fights nothing like Margarito. Like, people, if you watch, forget the plaster, all the plaster stuff and all that, if you just watch Margarito, the way he fights, he throws like a thousand punches per round, where Canalo will just follow you around and don't throw no punches. That, you know, that's yeah. the difference. Even, even, even a guy like Chavez, he's touching something. He's just a sneaky jab that he's putting out there. You know, he's going to find something on your body to touch. Where Canalo will have these spurts where he just follow you around and don't throw punches. You saw it in the lower fight, him frustrated, punching his gloves together. That's that's because he doesn't. He he never learned how to do that. You know how to do it properly. Yeah, how to do it properly. How to cut a ring off properly. He doesn't cut the ring off. It's just not something he do. The reason why he was able to land punches on Laura here and there is because Laura got into these lackadaisical moments where he just sat there and didn't move and didn't throw punches. Had Laura yeah. fought the way he was supposed to, that would have been a shutout. They wouldn't, he wouldn't have won around against him. He let Canalo get back in the fight by being pedestrian. Yeah. But – I, we we still got another week. I'm I'm, I'm like I'm I know getting too excited. <laughs> I, I I don't want to you know. We still got another week to get into this fight. Um, we'll talk about it next week. Hopefully, we'll get a response from Broner. This ought to be some fun. 
Because I got mm. a funny feeling Broner's coming out guns blazing. Unless oh, man. he's told not to. You know, unless he's told not to. He's still, he's but, still under Al Heyman, you know, and, and I think at right, the same time. Right, right, right. You know, it, it's, you know, you got to be. Floyd kept saying that. Like, it was like, uh, it was a meeting kind of took place. Like, let's put a muzzle on his mouth, you know. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see what happens on that. So, that would be fun. So, uh, next Monday, I mean, next Tuesday, we'll talk about it. Um, you know, we'll give actual predictions on Saturday. I'm um, excuse me, on Tuesday about how to fight. Anything going on this weekend, uh, Roberto? There's a couple fights on Showtime, and there, I, Klitschko, I the PBC. right? Is Klitschko? No, on that's, that's that's uh, that that's the weekend after. The uh, weekend after. Okay. Canelo. There's a couple fights. Like on... Thanksgiving weekend, they're putting a fight on. Who's, yeah. Who's who's in charge of marketing? Sometimes. That's a bad <laughs> weekend. That's college. You know, there's a lot of college football players. You know, Florida State. You know, you know the championship game. Right. Like, that's a bad they, – they're always doing that to these Klitschko fights. They put them on at the worst time. <laughs> and no, it's a rather big Klitschko. No, seriously. It's a big fight. This is a kind of a big fight, even though I kind of know – but still, I know what you're saying. It's a, it is a big fight. Like, I don't yeah. understand why they keep doing that. They keep doing this. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Whatever, man. Well, I mean, there's, I mean, there's fights. I mean, there's, there's actually a fight tomorrow. Uh, there's a Fox okay. Sports One card: Alejandro Gonzalez versus Kareem Griffey. Um, I, I believe another PBC event, and then there's Spike TV uh, this Friday: Edwin Rodriguez and Michael Seals. And then the 14th, we have there's a Showtime card, but nothing, not a lot of like. Super big fights. I mean, I, like I said, I think everything is just really leading up to <laughs> uh, next Saturday, and you know, following that is obviously the you know that that'll be uh whoa wait there's another fight of <laughs> um, the day before Thanksgiving that is happening here in South Florida that unfortunately I won't be attending is speaking of there's Landy Law he's fighting uh in Hialeah yeah he's the one in. Are you going to that fight? That no, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to be in. I'm going to be in Tampa, which is like four hours north. Ah, he's, okay. He's fighting. Cool. Um, on it's a PBC on ESPN against Jan Zavik, and I, I've seen him fight before. Uh, for uh, Lara's regular WBA junior <laughs> middleweight title, I hate the whole, the whole super champion, and uh, right, I, right. I mean I can't stand it. But following that, we got Klitschko Fury, and then on the same day on Showtime, James DeGale and Lucien Butte. So you got some good stuff coming up then. So yeah, and uh, yeah. and then that same wow, there's three. I didn't even realize because I'm on ESPN right now. Jamal Charlo and Winky Camfort, NBC, uh, PBC, which features also Errol Spence and Alejandro Barrera. So we'll get to see uh, Errol Spence again. So following yeah, following Cotto Canelo, there is boxing. So but I mean, I, I, I mean that's a good thing. You got a good way to end oh, the yeah. year. I mean, you know, yeah. Uh, and then obviously, you know, and then you know, there's the Quill and Jacobs that's in December. So, I mean, still to close out the year, a lot of boxing. But I mean, obviously, at the helm is Cotto Canelo, and I think that's why they're kind of leaving those uh, this next weekend kind of open because now, I think now is when you're going to really start to see the major push for the promotion, and then yeah. the 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 what do you call it debuts this week and the face off, the you know, ever popular face off for. Uh, from HBO, uh, you know, when they both sit down there and uh, you know, right, right. fight and talk, and then they have the last episode of the 24-7, I think on the 19th, and then the weigh-in the next day, which 
I can't wait for that stare down. That's going to be crazy intense. And I think the crowd there between the Mexicans that I think are going to be the, the, the biggest crowd there. And, you know, the Puerto Ricans, they show up too. But, I mean, this, this, I, I assume it's going to be a Mexican crowd mostly because it's in Las Vegas. But, I mean, that, right, yeah. that way no is going to be that. nuts. That's going to be nuts, man. So <laughs> crazy, man. I mean, I can't wait, man. I'm like, I'm like, I mean, again, like we have no stock in either of these guys. You know what I'm saying? I mean, right. I'm, I, I, I'm a, I like both guys, but I mean, it's one of these fights, man, that it's like your, your palms get sweaty, man. It, it's, it's a kind of, it's like, and it's like, if you're a fan of the sport and you're a hardcore fan of the sport, it's like you, 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 you know, you live for these fights, man. These are the fights that we love to see. And it's the lead up, you know, to it and then the weigh in and then obviously Saturday night. Can't wait, man. It, woo, can't wait. Well, stay tuned. Ton of events. We'll keep you guys updated on everything. And, you know, like I said, we'll be back next Tuesday. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Uh, it is on Instagram at Garja Girl Boxing at Roberto underscore flag. Um, we'll be putting up uh, shows shortly i promise on the youtube you know uh roberto's doing his thing on his page on his youtube we'll be putting them up on the guard your grill because we, we got to get a prediction for this for this one on the page as well <laughs> so, you know there's a lot of different we're kind of divided amongst the group on what yeah who, yeah on who we think you know is going to win this particular fight so it should be an interesting show next monday so without further ado that's our show for this week We will be back next Tuesday at 9.30 for the much-anticipated prediction show. Guard your girl boxing. Peace. Peace.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.